you know, a lot of people go from like pop-up to hybrid to traditional travel trailer and never turn back. But Stephanie, over the years, we have definitely uh, heard of people and know people that get into the traditional travel trailer or fifth wheel, miss that traditional camping vibe with the canvas and actually head back. Um, I've, so I've put hybrids, a hybrid on the table again every single time we've been back in shopping mode, including the last time when you wound up with the grand design. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the authors of Where Should We Camp Next, Where Should We Camp Next National Parks, and Where Should We Camp Next Budget Camping. This year, we are celebrating the 10th anniversary of the RV Atlas podcast. We hope you join us as we cover the best campgrounds, the best RVs, the best food, and the best gear to bring with you when you go. So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's question and answer episode of the RV Atlas podcast. Um, I don't know about you, Stephanie, but I am itching for spring. I am itching for better weather. It's cold and windy today. My garbage cans got blown down the road and there was trash on the street that I had to pick up this morning. I'm done with winter. Well, you can be done all you want. Winter is here. We're getting hit by snow this weekend. Like, it doesn't matter what the groundhog said. Winter's here. You think he lied? doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. So I would buck up for a little while longer. Put on your long underwear. I don't think it's getting warm anytime soon. I can't find my long underwear. (laughs) I know you were searching for them the other day. (laughs) This is the time of year where I start to, like, obsessive compulsively play with my camping gear. Like, in fact... You walked out into the garage this morning and you caught me like playing with my camping gear. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I was just I was just packing lunches, <laughs> just packing some lunches, making some smoothies and for the boys. Where were you? Oh, I was out in the garage gear. making sure that the contents of our portable <laughs> toilet hadn't frozen. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, today's we got we got three questions today that we're going to answer. As the they would say in the South, about, bless your heart. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Go ahead. We have three questions we're going to answer. A nice variety today. Um, We're going to be talking about hybrid travel trailers and answering a question about hybrid travel trailers. We are going to address a question about Myrtle Beach campgrounds and even kind of an address and a complaint about one of them that was embedded in a question. And then we're going to talk about portable waste tanks because that's really what's on everyone's mind right now as we as we head into spring camping. But before we talk about those three topics and read the questions and give our answers and share answers from the RV Atlas group on Facebook, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Yogi Bears Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. Our family has been staying at Jellystone Park locations for over 12 years. There are more than 75 Jellystone Park locations across the United States and Canada, and each one is unique, but our kids love them all because each Jellystone Park has fun attractions like pools, water slides, splash grounds, mini golf, laser tag, and jumping pillows. Plus, there are tons of activities all day long, such as foam parties, dance parties, wagon rides, tie-dye, and movie nights. They even have themed events like Chocolate Lovers Weekend, Christmas in July, and Halloween weekends in the fall. 
Of course, we can't forget the fun of hanging out with Yogi Bear, Boo Boo, and Cindy Bear. And at Jellystone Park, you can stay in your RV or enjoy one of their glamping accommodations, as many locations offer luxury cabins, yurts, covered wagons, and more. Make Jellystone Park a part of your family's vacation in 2024, because it's not just a campground, it's Jellystone Park. To book your vacation today, visit JellystonePark.com. That's JellystonePark.com. And don't forget to tell Yogi Bear that Jeremy and Stephanie said hello. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I am here with Stephanie, and we are taking our very first question. This question is from Jessa Ditburner, and I apologize to anybody whose name I mispronounced, but I think I got that one right. She wrote into the RV Atlas group on Facebook and asked, uh, we have a Springdale Mini and are looking for a possible change. Now, a Springdale Mini is a travel trailer, a traditional travel trailer. I am really interested in the Rockwood Rue Hybrid. Curious if anyone has one or a similar hybrid and their thoughts. I am tired of feeling like I am in a closet when inside the camper, hee hee. Um, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, a lot of people go from like pop-up to hybrid to traditional travel trailer and never turn back. But Stephanie, over the years, we have definitely uh, heard of people and know people that get into the traditional travel trailer or fifth wheel miss that traditional camping vibe with the canvas and actually head back. Um, I've, so I've put hybrids, a hybrid on the table again every single time we've been back in shopping mode, including the last time when you wound up with the grand design. There were a lot of reasons that, I mean, we talked about this on another episode. I don't know if you want to link to it, but like why we didn't. But like, I actually thought that for a lot of reasons, moving into a hybrid would make a lot of sense for us. The one reason that it didn't, and that I said, you know what, maybe this isn't the best option is because of how much we use our RV for non-RVing things. Like we use it as an office all the time. We use it as a guest house all the time. And so that's different. Like if you have people like staying in your driveway, you don't necessarily want it to be a hybrid with like these open tent ends and everything. So for us, there was like a few things that took it off the table, but I still think that hybrids are one of the best values and also the best fits for a lot of people in the RVing space, especially the ones that don't want to spend a million dollars on RVs, which is always something that I'm in support of. They don't want to spend a lot of money and they want something that is towable by the family, the larger family SUV or, you know, and that's easier to store in a smaller space. There are so many reasons why hybrids are a great option. And I think they're overlooked by a lot of people. We kid you not, our last two choices were the Grand Design Imagine 2800BH yeah. and a Rockwood Rue 233S with the three beds, which is exactly the one I think that Jess is interested in. For me, the only reason, I'm going to be frank, and I think I said this last year on the podcast, the only reason we did not buy a Rockwood Rue is because our dealer does not sell mm -hmm. hybrids. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, you they mean don't the first time when we were looking at it for no, our previous time. travel trip? Well, I think there were other reasons last time. But I think, honestly, do you remember years ago when we were getting the... The Whitehawk, the Jayco White Whitehawk. We were really hard-pressed between oh, the two. We went to the dealer not knowing which one we yeah. were going to buy, a mm -hmm. Jayco Whitehawk or a Jayco Hybrid. Now, that comment you just made in talking about the Jayco hybrid that we almost bought, 
uh, leads me down a little bit of a bunny trail here. Jayco stopped making hybrids. Yeah. A lot of companies have stopped making hybrids. And that's, it has to be because of sales, oh, right? 100%. And, and pop-up campers as well. Like the sales numbers are low. But I'm going to give mad credit to Rockwood because they are really committed to pop-up campers and hybrids. And they kind of dominate the market. There's not that many companies that make those two things anymore. And I will say this. I'm a member of the Rockwood Rue Facebook group. I'm a member of a lot of these groups because <laughs> I love to see are. what owners <laughs> I love to see what real owners think. Yeah. It's really fun. And I will say two, two or three things. Those people love their Rockwood Roos. I'm telling you, the vast majority of commentary in that Rockwood Roo group is positive. Now, are there some challenges and issues that people have with their Rockwood Roos? Absolutely. Yeah. There, you know, there can be some leaking issues, which a lot of the owners address by putting sort of a, a rain gutter over the beds. I don't know why they don't put that on their standard if this is an issue. Um, and also just the condensation issues, et cetera, et cetera. But those can all be addressed with add-ons or people just learn to live with them. Yeah, that's physics. Just FYI. It's, it's just, just physics. physics. It's just the it's difference just between the it's just science. It's the difference between the temperature inside and outside with a canvas <laughs> in between, you know. <laughs> Can't stop but despite science. those, despite those couple of known issues, and they, there's a little more setup time, et cetera, et cetera. Despite all of the the sort of known issues about hybrids, those people love their Rockwood Roos. Yeah. So in general, I think quality product, good price point. I think Jessa, you are barking up the right tree if you want to get back to a more natural camping experience, yeah. and you want to have the bed ends, and you want to have the breezes. And, and the Jessica, whole thing about being ahead. in a closet, like that resonates with me. That was the hardest thing for me about our, um, why do I keep forgetting the name of our Whitehawk? Yes, the Whitehawk. The Jayco Whitehawk 29 SQB. Yes, that one. 10 years ago. It's a long time. Um, I keep like, I, I, I want to, you know, I hated being in that dark enclosed space. So when we went to the toy hall, like I love the pop up, right? For that light. Um, we went to the toy hauler. I loved the big windows, the fact that you could open up the back. It brought that feeling back to me. So like I 100% understand that. And it's just that you have to go in fully aware of what the, that, <laughs> that light, that natural element is also going to introduce to your camping experience. So just make sure you're on board with all of the other aspects of a hybrid. I personally think that lifestyle fit is a more important thing for an RV purchase than most people pay attention to. People are paying attention to bells and whistles, floor plan. They're, they're paying attention to all this other tow capacity. I think people overlook real lifestyle fit. How much is this going to cost me? How much am I actually going to use it? How am I going to store it? How easy it is it for me going to, for me to tow it? Those kinds of things, the way you feel about using your camper, I think end up being more important than the floor plan. Can I get an amen? Yeah. And I, I have always said the best RV is the one that will, that you will use the most. Yeah. The best RV is the one that inspires you to camp the most. And Jessica, if you're you in a travel trailer. Gives you the money to camp the most, you yeah. know? But if you're in a travel trailer that feels dark and enclosed and it's just not giving you the camping vibes, uh, maybe it's time to move on to the hybrid. Now, Jessica got into a long, really interesting, informative back and forth uh, with Megan. And I'm not going to read all of it, but just to give you um, the first response from Megan. We love our Rockwood Roo. 
Ours is 23 feet with three tent beds and one slide out. We're on a year-long camping trip with our three kids, and I wanted to maximize space without having a massive rig. Plus, I really wanted to still preserve the closeness with nature that the tent mm-hmm. beds allow. The Rue has delivered on both counts. Um, she, and then she says the one downside, it gets a little chilly in winter, but she's, yeah. you know, she's in this for a full year. I, I don't think Jess is looking for that. She's just looking right. for something to camp in during camping season. A couple other people chimed in and said that they really liked their Rockwood Ruse. And I just listen to owners and owners groups. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you're considering a major purchase of an RV and you can get into one of these owners groups, you will realize pretty quickly. And yes, people go in and complain, but you, you get a general vibe from an owner's group and there's a really positive general vibe in the Rockwood Rue owner's group. Uh, so let's move on to our next question. Unless okay. Stephanie has anything else nope, to add nope. about hybrids. All right. Matthew Falls wrote in to the RV Atlas group on Facebook. Um, and this, and he made this a poll as well. So we'll talk about the poll responses from people in the group. Matthew Falls wrote in and he said, thanks in advance. We are headed down to Myrtle Beach during the last few days of March, first few days of April, a.k.a. spring break. The three spots listed below have come recommended. We'd love to know your thoughts through a vote. And the three spots were Lakewood, Pirate Land, and I think Ocean Lakes. Mm -hmm. If you've ever stayed during that time frame, we'd love to hear what amenities were available since it's still off season. And we need to talk about that stuff. Yes, we will. The KOA, the Myrtle Beach KOA, is no longer an option, Matthew writes. As much as we love KOAs, the information we received from them via email and phone was downright rude and unhelpful. Um, and then here were the poll results. Pirate Land, the very controversial Pirate <laughs> so Land. So controversial. Got seven, <laughs> people love it or hate it. Got 17%. Lakewood, which we stayed at one or two spring breaks ago, had a lot of fun. The kids are begging to go back there. Got 20%. Barefoot got 3%. And I will admit for somebody who writes books about camping, like I, Barefoot must be new. Yeah, it's newer. And we have to, um, I think it's also south. I don't want to share misinformation. I think it's, but, but we will look into it, right? Maybe try to talk to some people that camp there. But this is definitely a newbie on the camping scene in Myrtle Beach, which we are really dialed into. Yeah. Yeah. So we need, yeah, exactly. Ocean Lakes got a whopping 41% yeah. of the votes in the RV The largest group. campgrounds in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's big. Mm-hmm. Uh, Myrtle Beach Travel Park got 13%. Popular a- uh, dark horse in, in these uh, polls always. Yeah. Myrtle. And if you, and I think simpler amenities, but if yeah. that's what you want, people really like it. Right. On now, I have so many things to say about Matthew's question. Um, and I think that Stephanie probably does too. Myrtle Beach Camp, there are so many awesome places to camp in Myrtle Beach. It is truly one of the best RV destinations in the country. Uh, we love Ocean Lakes. We love Lakewood. A lot of people love Pirate Land. A lot of people don't because the sites are small. We love Myrtle Beach State Park. Mm-hmm. We like Huntington Beach State I, Park. Yeah. Are, uh, we love um, what used to be Carolina Pines, but which is now Sun, Sun. Outdoors Myrtle Beach, which mm-hmm. is a 15-minute ride away. There's just so many great places and people tend to have really strong opinions about which ones they like and which ones they don't like. Like Myrtle, just people have opinions about Myrtle Beach campgrounds. But what I want to say here is it kind of breaks my heart that Matthew had a negative customer service experience with the Myrtle Beach KOA. So I don't know what happened. I don't need to yeah. know what happened, but clearly he got some responses that were, were rude or whatever. And now he doesn't want to camp there. 
Mm-hmm. That really actually makes me sad because we have camped at the Myrtle Beach KOA like five times and I have nothing but absolutely magical memories camping there. I, I love and adore that campground. Um, and I guess the moral of the story is a couple things. Campground owners, you know, customer service matters. The way you talk to people matters. Now you got this guy saying, I'm not going to camp here. And he's posting in the group. Mm-hmm. for hundreds if not thousands of people to to see all because maybe somebody was having a bad day yeah. and didn't give them great customer service. Now Matthew, I I I completely understand where you're coming from. Though I still might say you might have an awesome trip there. That person might have been having a bad day. Um but I don't know, Stephanie, what do you think? It just it this makes me com- sad to hear that because it is a great campground. Okay, this is complicated because yes, it is a great campground. And we have had really phenomenal trips. One of the things that sets this KOA apart is, no, it's not on the beach like Lakewood and um, Ocean Lakes, but it's just across Kings Highway. So it's really close. Like you can take a golf cart there or you can take their, their little shuttle. It's like a couple blocks, right, to get to the beach. So, But what that does, not being on the beach, is it sets it back in this really nice wooded environment. So you have the potential. This is hard for a lot of campgrounds. A lot of time if you're camping on the beach or exposed and you get that like open, really unprivate city kind of feel, what KOA manages, you're close to the beach, but you can be like shaded, which is really nice if you're camping during the the hotter times. And it's just like these really big, private, beautiful sites. That's that's why I think it's important. You're really close to downtown. I mean, you are, you're around the corner from all of the stuff, right? All the Myrtle Beach. So it is a unique location and environment amongst all of these Myrtle Beach campgrounds, which we have been to a lot of them, right? Um, this is actually the time of year that you mentioned that we go down to Myrtle Beach almost every year, right? Or South Carolina or something like that, because it's a nice time for us to get south and get a little warmth in. So having said that, I do know that we, we we are aware that the KOA went through some ownership changes and management changes over the last couple of years. And, you know, maybe they haven't figured it out. And maybe it is not lacking in customer service in a way that, that it wasn't before. Um, so I'm not going to speak to that because I don't want anybody staying in a place where they're not super happy. I'm going to say I've gotten the ick from campground customer service before, and it stopped me from staying in a campground. So and a couple, I, yeah. And it was a great campground too. It was, it was a great a campground, campground. And we, we had been and there then, and we loved it. But this is what happened. I'm not going to say what campground it was. We've been there. We loved it. We were going back. We had a very bad experience. Like it was so rude over the phone interaction with a person. And like, it was almost like you get off and you're like, did that just happen? Why was that person nasty to me like that? Like it was so crazy. And unfortunately, we know the owner. Well, right. So we are different, okay? And we never hide that fact, but we also do not tell people who we are when we're having these experiences. We don't lead, guys. Just so you know, we don't show up places and be like, we're stepping in jail. Like, that is not what we're looking for. But in this case, the owner, we are very friendly. And so we said, like, look, we're just, mm, this, ha-, you know. And then, of course, we got the apology, the person. We got, but I had the ick. I had the ick. I was I like, well, I don't you want you to be ni- no. I was like, I don't. I know that you now are being nice to me because you know who I am. 
but that's not an acceptable oh, reason to get you got a talking to right like that's you not know. an acceptable reason to give good customer service every single person that calls should get that same level not stephanie and jeremy that's like incredibly important to me so yeah i mean i understand that but but just to say we've had experiences at the koa it's a really great campground i would say to matthew look if i owned the myrtle beach koa or any campground and i had an employee that was rude or inconsiderate or inappropriate and turned somebody off from camping at my campground and then went and posted on it, I would really want to know. Yeah. And I would say to Matthew, even if you're not going to go there, which I totally understand, uh, an email to a manager, a phone call to a manager, you know, not out of anger or anything, but just say, hey, just so you know, like I really was excited to come here, but I got this customer service that wasn't good. I think that the world needs that because, you know, I don't, I don't want to go negative on anybody. Yeah. Um, and I think that we always want to be helping people improve. And I, I want to make it clear. I'm a huge KOA fan. We've had magical camping experiences at KOA. And, they're, and they're, they are, to some degree, really known for their good customer service mm-hmm. for the yellow they shirts. Have standards. So yeah. they have standards. And this was like a surprise to me. And I read it and it was like sort of a gut punch. Uh, but lots of other good options. Uh, a few people, a lot of people wrote back with different opinions. Tons of people. We said also they have like a food. post, a blog post. So you should link to that. Um, we have a blog post with a roundup of Myrtle Beach campgrounds that you should definitely link to uh, for this episode that somebody can go through all the options with. Um, and to, to to put a fine point on the the Sun Outdoors, which is an incredibly popular option, it's good for kids and adults. That's why a lot of people like it. Um, it is a 15 minute drive to the beach. So you just have to decide like we love being on the beach, like at Lakewood or Ocean Lakes. But then also our kids love the amenities at Carolina Pines. So we kind of did a thing where we were like, OK, we're just going to do beach days. Right. We're, so we'll load up the truck in the morning, head to the beach. We did beach days all week long. We were there last time and came back and did the pool and the hot tubs and blah, blah, blah. Worked so. really well. Didn't feel like I was missing out on being right no. on the beach. But then there was another year where we stayed at Carolina Pines for four nights and we stayed at Lakewood for four yeah. nights. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to address the weather and pools and yeah. stuff like that. So because this is really important if you're planning a Myrtle Beach trip. So Stacy wrote in and basically said, do you have kids? Mine love Carolina Pines, but it's not on the beach. There's also a Yogi Bear in Tabor City, a little inland that is very popular. Both Lakewood and Ocean Lakes have indoor pools. The water parks don't open until uh, in April, I think. Yeah. This isn't an app. You have to know this if you want to go to Spring Break in Myrtle Beach. The pools are just often starting to open in April because of the weather. So if Spring Break is in early April, there is a very good chance the pools will not be open. If you're going to, yeah. go ahead. Do you want to tell her? We're, we go to Myrtle Beach so many spring breaks. is one of our favorite go-to spring breaks. We are not this year because our spring break is early enough that we could get beautiful weather. Don't get me wrong because we've been there in March before. We could get beautiful weather or we could get that. 50 degree, kind of cold, windy, maybe a little rainy. And to be quite frank, we like don't want to like roll the dice on it because I, I'm like, I always hanker for some nice warm weather during spring break. So it's we're basically not become it. a rule for us that yeah. we will we will do spring break in Myrtle when it's in late April. Yeah. When it's in early April, we kibosh it because oftentimes, like Stephanie said, it's chilly and the pools are not open. When we showed up at Lakewood two years ago, the pool wasn't open. They actually opened it up the next day. 
Yeah. So you need to know and don't assume the pool's open because of the pretty pictures of the pool on oh, the website. I don't think they do a good job on a lot that. of their websites oh, with being clear. And then people show the up. Yeah. And then people show up outraged and rightfully so. But yeah. So make sure that you're very clear on what's going to be open and not open. And that's okay, the great. thing is that at some of these, they have an indoor pool, like at Carolina Pines, Sun Outdoors, whatever. They have year round heated pool. For so, that very reason. So a KOA has that year-round heated. It's small, but the Myrtle Beach KOA has a year-round heated pool. Ashley so. Johnson also wrote in, let's give a shout out to this barefoot because I guess it's yeah. starting to get some buzz. Ashley Johnson wrote in, my husband and I love Barefoot RV Resort the most. We do not have kids, but they have a new kids water playground. The amenities near Barefoot are great. Restaurants, gym, grocery mm-hmm. store, hardware store, dog groomer, nail salon, batting cage, axe throwing, putt-putt, half-mile walk to the beach. Short walk or bike ride to Barefoot Landing, shopping and theater, also close to outlets. However, if you have kids and like direct access to the beach, then Ocean Lakes is good. We have been there many times too. Too bad the water park won't be open yet, right? Like Ocean okay, Lakes. Okay, so this that is where yeah, I was open. right about where I thought Barefoot RV because there's that um, Barefoot Landing. You know the outlets it is oh, north. Yeah, there's yeah. actually one of the um, breakfast places. What's the breakfast place that we love to go to? Oh my gosh. Johnny D's. Johnny D's. That's near their northern location too. That area up there by Barefoot Landing. There's some restaurants up in that area that we really like too. Um, So it's near there. So that look, that's a, that's a cool location. And then I guess you probably have to go across to the beach. So, okay. So a 0.5 mile walk to the beach, right? So that might be, that sounds like one for us to put on the list to check out. When spring break next year, we got. I know out. we have to look. It has to be late enough. <laughs> All right, we are going to come back in a second with one more question—a very importable, uh, a very importable, a very important question about portable waste tanks. Uh, but before we, I love portable water <laughs> waste. I know tanks. you do. Like, we have I a whole collection. Know. We have a collection. It is when you need it. It's a key piece of gear. I you agree. don't need it all the time. Uh, but first, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Spacious Skies Campgrounds. Take your indoors outdoors with Spacious Skies Campgrounds, a collection of 15 campgrounds and RV parks spanning the eastern United States. Each location is unique, but all offer the perfect escape to the great outdoors. Whether you are looking for a relaxing weekend getaway, a full week's vacation, or a beautiful seasonal site, we welcome and invite all campers to camp on with Spacious Skies Campgrounds. Choose from RV sites, cabins, yurts, retro RV rentals, or tent sites, and enjoy on-site amenities that offer convenience, creature comforts, and fun. Also make sure to check out Spacious Skies Campground's Cosmic Camper Loyalty Program for 12% off all reservations and exclusive deals. Spacious Skies Campgrounds also invites you to join them for a winter camping getaway with eight campgrounds that are open year-round, including locations in New Hampshire, New Jersey, Virginia, North and South Carolina, and Tennessee and Georgia. Whether you are a lifelong camper or new to nature, plan your next outdoor adventure with Spacious Skies Campgrounds. Visit them at SpaciousSkiesCampgrounds.com for more information and easy online booking. That's Spacious Skies Campgrounds. Dot com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are answering probably the most important question of the week in the RV Atlas group on Facebook. Julie Carlson wrote in, any recommendations on portable waste tanks, ease of use, cost, etc.? Just a thought, even though it seems like a simple purchase. Um, 
first of all, for those who are new to RVing, like well, let's like address like what okay. is a portable waste tank? What are we talking tank? about and why do you need and one? And when do you use it? Yeah. So you can get these like 21, 28, 36, sometimes even larger tote tanks and you can dump your black or gray tank. That is up to you if you dump your black tank into it. Mm -hmm. uh, but people use it for their gray tanks or their black tanks if you're camping at a site without a sewer hookup, right? So then you can dump your black or gray into these tote tanks and hitch them up to your truck or carry them, depending on how heavy they are, over to the dump station at the campground. And then you're, you know, you can empty your tanks that way. So like mid-vacation, if you don't have a sewer hookup, you're right. not going to want to hitch up your RV and drive over to the dump station. I've never done that and I will never do that. Um, so here in the Northeast, a lot of state parks, county parks do not have sewer hookups at the sites, but they have dump stations. So we have our tow tank, our Rhino tow tank for that very reason and for those very campgrounds. I would never bring it to a campground where I had sewer at the site. It would be a colossal waste of space. These things right. are kind of big. And um, if you always, for those new people, if you always plan on camping with a sewer hookup, right, like at a typical full-service campground or resort, you just don't need one of these. Mark it off the you list. Don't. You don't have to buy it. It's one of those things you just don't need. Like, don't think you need it just because a lot of campers talk about it. Um, can I just also say, I know that you said black or gray because you're trying not to offend anybody, but I would say that most people do not use this to empty their black tank. They use it to empty their gray tank because here's the thing. Your black tank is generally going to fill up. Right? Like you're not going to have to empty your black not gonna tank. You're going to need to. Right. No, you're Over, right. You're right. right. Because gray tank is what gets your shower water, your dish water, right? Like all of this water use in the camper that's not direct sewage, like human sewage, is going into your gray tank. So that's what's really hard to manage when you're dry camping for any period of time, if you have kids especially, or more than one person, right? So if you have um, a gray tank that's say um, 25 gallon or whatever, and it's going to fill up really fast. If everyone's right? taking showers, it's going to fill up really fast. Right. So the point of this is that you would empty your gray water, that shower water, that sink water. And if you do your black water, I'm just going to tell you, or your black tank, I'm just going to tell you that like these totes are not made to be like cleaned, you know, no, I'm going to have to disagree. Okay. I, 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 I'm going to have to disagree. Mm. So my listen, well, OK, I manage this part of the RVing experience here. So our <laughs> our our Rhino tote tank, you can actually hook up a hose to it and like blast it tank, out. And, like a and black tank flush. It. But like, yes, I still think that that. Uh, Look, and I, it's going to sit just, there enclosed and probably not be used all the time. Well, you, then you blast it out and rinse it out and you put all a right. little chemical okay, in it. So I'm going to tell you the you, truth here. I have I have zero problem with anyone using this for your black tank. But Stephanie's point is so valid. Like for the most part, you could probably go on a week's vacation and not fill up your black tank if you don't have hookups at your, if you don't have sewer hookups at your site, particularly if you're willing to use the bathhouses during at the, the day. park or whatever it is. Yeah. But I don't judge anyone. And you know who you are out there I'm listening. I'm judging. I know people, I'm just you know, saying I know this. I just want people to understand that. the whole landscape of this discussion. We always have people listening that are new to the RVing experience. And I don't want to act like 
like silly know-it-alls, you know, like, oh, you don't know what a black, uh, you don't know what that is. But let's actually now answer her question <laughs> okay. about like which okay. type of one to buy. Yeah. So Craig answered, pick one that has a volume equal to the tank you want to empty. And the whole point there is that you can take one trip to the dump station or a little over half so that you take two trips to empty. Uh, and he says, I prefer the two wheel ones, smaller and easier to store. They take up less storage space and I'm fine doing two trips. So if you have, you know, if you have That's like a big, 30 though. gallon. I feel like. Well, they are big. Yeah. If, I feel like you, you can have get a too 30 big. Gallon, if you have a 30 gallon gray tank and you have a around 30 gallon, you know, tote tank, yeah. hypothetically, you can dump most of it. All right. Now, here's the problem. And you just put your finger on it yeah. here. Like we have the 28 gallon rhino tote tank when that is full it is heavy yeah it's heavy to move from the rv to the hitch of my truck but then once i'm towing it it's fine so you do want to think about the weight i mean they make like 30 they have a camco the rhino they have a 36 gallon one too like i personally wouldn't want one that big because that's yeah. just going to get really really heavy right and it's also uh, I, I really big to store let's be real like that takes up a lot of space it takes up a lot of space, but what I like about this Camco Rhino, and and yes, our good friends at Camco are sponsors of the podcast, but like six people wrote in and said they had the Rhino and loved it. <laughs> yeah. It actually has a hook to go on your RV ladder. So that's awesome. So in the winter, I actually just leave it on the RV ladder on the back of the RV. It's not in my garage taking up space. But you don't want to get one too big, particularly mm -hmm. if you know you're not a you know, if you don't want to be hauling around a 28 or 36 gallon tank. Eric Anderson wrote in, said, Julie, we have a 21 gallon Rhino tote. Easy to use, has always worked well. As others mentioned, they can get very heavy when full. So consider that when deciding on what size you get. We have 44 gallon holding tanks. So we'll dump when we can do two trips with the tote. Um, my personal recommendation, love that Rhino. I wouldn't get bigger than 28 for myself. Um, so I would look at like the 21 or the 28. Then they also have a 15 gallon one, but then you could end up taking like three trips to the dump station. Uh, so good question. I think Can it's I a say great one more thing? Because I think that some people listening might be like, what is he talking about? Get it onto my hitch. So one of the ways that campers get the tote from their campground to the dump station is to hook the handle around the ball of your truck hitch. And so you hook it and then you drive very slowly, toting, very you know, slow. towing this tote behind your truck to the dump station in case that like uh -huh. throw anybody for a loop. Stephanie, I just had an amazing memory of camping at the Scudic Woods campground in Acadia National Park. And a guy was, had his tote tank hitched up to his motorcycle. Oh, yeah, and that's he was right. bringing think, it back and forth to the dump station on his motorcycle. Yeah. And I have a picture of I that. I was going to say, I thought you took a picture yeah. of it. Yeah. Put now, that in Campo, for the episode. Find that picture and put it in I will episode. totally. Uh, that should be the featured image. Yes. Oh, there my you gosh. Go. Okay. <laughs> Check the RVAtlas.com for the picture of the guy on his motorcycle hauling the tote tank. Yeah. Um, the Camco Rhino 28 gallon that I have has a detachable handle that easily slips on. And then it goes on the ball and you can tow it. But then the, the thing with the detachable handle is like you could lose it, hypothetically. Mm. You can also buy one with a permanently attached longer handle. Um, so you have kind of options there de depending on what you want. So look, it's a necessary piece of equipment if you're going to do a lot of camping at places without a sewer, sewer. hookup. Yeah. All right. For so sure. those are the, are the questions today. I hope all of you are in the RV Atlas group on Facebook. It is a private group. 
So you do have to answer three questions to get in, but I would encourage anyone listening to the podcast to join the group. It's sort of like our home base on social media for RV Atlas fans. And I did add the question, are you a cranky RVer or keyboard commando? That's the oh. third question. You have to now answer that question. Did and anybody answer yes, that yet? Or like, have you chased? I, I, just, <laughs> I just changed it. Okay. I was but wondering, gonna tell, are we going to chase you, off everybody? That's okay. <laughs> if you can't be like, you, I'm a happy camper, don't come. <laughs> I'm going to tell you God's truth. If somebody answered yes, I am a keyboard commando. I just, life's yeah. too short. I'm sorry. I'm not going to let you in the group. It's funny because like, I'm a good example. You can be a very opinionated person and not be a Facebook keyboard commando. Like I am incredibly thing, opinionated. I'm totally capable of scrolling on by and not judging people who don't do things exactly the way that I do them. That's it's, a fine it's a, line. You it's can. a tight rope that you, you walk in your life. And I will say, if there's one thing you are not, <laughs> you are not a keyboard commando. Oh. Oh, every once You're in not. a while, the devil gets in me and I get like, rare. But it's usually the, a cranky post. That's when the devil gets in me. And I, the yeah, but keyboard you, you respond once and you kind of let it go. You, I think part of being a keyboard commando is when you go back oh, and forth and back and forth and, forth and back and forth. People. Yeah, and, yeah. Then the, and then Facebook loves that. Facebook's like, oh my gosh, it's the, the best post ever. This Facebook's post, like, yay, cranky people. Get in on this argument. <laughs> Boost. <laughs> right? All right. Or if you post right. a pretty picture of your kids, it's like. Enough about, you know, enough like, about our Facebook ebbs. algorithm issues. <laughs> Well, we're going to start to get cranky. All right. (laughs) Thank you for joining me, Stephanie. And uh, hopefully we'll see all of you at the campground. See you at the campground. Thank you so much for joining us for the 10th anniversary season of the RV Atlas. To find out more about the topics discussed on this show, head on over to the RVAtlas.com. And to join the friendliest group of RVers, head on over to the RV Atlas group on Facebook and make sure to join us on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at the RV Atlas. And if you enjoy our show, please consider leaving us a review over on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And make sure to pick up copies of Where Should We Camp Next, wherever books are sold. And we will see you at the campground. <laughs>